Listener supported. WNYC Studios. So many white guys. So many. So many white guys. So white. How much whiteness? All over the place. God damn. Welcome to so many white guys from WNYC Studios. It's your girl Phoebe Lynn Robinson, and I'm with my girl and also your girl Joanna Denise Salatara. Denise is not my middle name. It is now. Ooh, it's not. Uh, no, what's your real name again? I couldn't remember. It's Leah. Oh, that's a really good one. Well, so Leah was supposed to be my first name when my mom got pregnant. Yeah. My dad was like, can we please name the baby Leah? I really want to name the baby Leah. It's super important to me if we have a girl. Can we name the baby Leah? Okay. My mom's like, if it means so much to you, yes, yeah. we can name the baby Leah. And then right before I was born, my dad goes... I'm so glad we're naming the baby Leah. My first wife and I always said <laughs> that if we were to have another girl, we would name the baby Leah. And then my mom was like, no. <laughs> what the fuck, Bob? That is so wild. I know. Dude, if Bay did that to me, I would cuss him the fuck out <laughs> while I'm like removing the placenta from my body. Like, <laughs> that is so wild. It's very Bob. <laughs> brand for Bob. You know what? I love your dad because your dad gives zero fucks, but not in a malicious way, just sort of like truly just walking through life being like, do, do, do. And and you're like, Bob, what are you doing? Well, I just totally derailed your intro. No, that was great. That's that was great. We're keeping it in because you know what? Your parents are the gift that keep on giving, honey. Oh my God. Thanks, Phoebe. Okay. There's something I've been wanting to tell you since last week. Okay, what is it? I got to hang out with my little nephew, and his favorite thing to say right now is, that's so dramatic. So he calls everything dramatic, which is really fun. How old is he? He's seven. Aww. Does your, does your niece Olivia, does she have any, like, catchphrases? I I like to teach her stuff, so I, I taught her, live your best life. Cute. Wait, is Olivia seven as well? No, she's going to be four. You know, she... Did we already talk about how she makes me watch movies with her all the time? Mm-mm. Okay, so the thing is, like, whenever I go home to see her, she gets, like, really excited because I only come home, like, maybe three or four times a year. And she always has these um, different movies that she's into. So the last time I was home, I was home for a week. She made me watch The Lion King with her every single day. And then every minute, she'd be like, so what's happening? But what's happening right now? And I'm like... You know what's happening because it's Friday. <laughs> I feel like I've dated people like that. I know. You can't, you can't like, tell a kid to, like, like shut up because I'm, like, trying to listen to Scar. So you're just, like, you know. And it's also, like, awkward because it's, like, you don't want to bring up, like, murder. Is that a challenge? Temper, temper. Yeah, it's actually a very oh, adult no. film. I never got into it. Okay, what is wrong with you? First of all, the cast, we had James Earl Jones, 
Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and then you had so he was baby Simba, and then you had Matthew Broderick as grown Simba, and then you had some white chick as you know. Okay, well, let me just now that I'm talking about, I'm like, there's a lot of white people in this movie that's about Africa. Problematic. (laughs) You know, and I don't want anyone to tweet at me. Well, you know, there are white people in Africa. I fucking get that, bitch. But when this is the only animated movie set in Africa and the lead is, you know, JTT, come on. We're in trouble. SOS. <laughs> um, thieves. No, don't you we do, do it. We no, no, it's no, 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 I'm trying. Nine. That's how you say no in German. No, no, mid roll. I'm about to reveal my biggest beauty secret ever. TV. Yes. Have you seen the perfection that is the Tyra Banks Vaseline video? Oh, you mean when she had her talk show and she gave out Vaseline and people truly lost their goddamn minds? (laughs) Oh my god, it is my favorite video ever. She literally laid down on her stairs. I know. I'm like, why are you on these stairs? You're not Jennifer Lawrence. What are you doing? Ugh. It was so good. I love it so much. I love that. I loved America's Next Top Model. Yes. That was like something I binged on all the time. It's always great. So, so good. Yeah. Um, you know what? I feel like Ty Ty has been with us. Can I call her Ty Ty? Sure. It's your show. We're not besties, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Ty Ty is totally fine because her production company is Ty Ty Baby. Ty Ty Baby Productions. Is it really? Yes. Oh, then you can definitely call her that. <laughs> anyway, Tyra has been with us, I feel like, our whole lives from, like, America's Next Top Model to her talk show to, you know, being an icon and starting out in modeling to, you know, the movie Life Size. Like, there's nothing... I don't remember a time before Tyra, if that makes sense. No, I totally agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I didn't ever actually think that I would meet Tyra Banks and talk to her and be in the same room as her. And yet, here we are, Joni Mitch. Here we are. An icon. An icon. You know, one of, of, I will say, one of the most beautiful women to have ever walked this dirty-ass, disgusting planet. Mate, rude. Yeah, so basically, she's amazing. And now, you guys, she's adding one more thing to the list. That's right. Author. Ooh. I just literally sat up in my chair when I said author. It's just so, so much eleganza. She has a memoir out called Perfect is Boring. And get this, you guys. She wrote it with her mom. Isn't that cute? I love that. I can't even watch an episode of The Voice with my mom. I cannot make it through the voice and Tyra wrote an entire fucking book with her mom. That's amazing. Yeah. And surprise for listeners at home, because at the end of our interview, we got Tyra's mom into the studio with us and we just had a full on girl gab fest. So let's get to it. Okay, babies. 
Thank you so much for doing so many white guys. I yeah. am a massive, massive fan of yours. Thank you. Truly. I so let's kind of like start at the beginning a little bit. Okay. So what were you like your first modeling gig? What were you like? Did well, you my, what was your signature pose? <laughs> my <laughs> very first photo was yeah. my mom. It's actually in my book. It was yeah. um I was sitting on our our the back porch of our house yeah and there was this like avocado tree but like these avocados would drop and so they were like rotten and full of like all these kind of flies yeah. and things <laughs> it was right by the trash can so i smelled like the weekly trash as yeah. it was turning you know from fresh to stank stank <laughs> and that was the very first photo but i always felt kind of natural mm. in front of the camera mm. even when i look at my kind of kitty pictures yeah because my mom was a professional photographer even right. back in the day so she's a medical photographer not a fashion photographer yeah. But still, um, she was very comfortable with the camera. So I always felt connected to the camera. Yeah. So when you started out modeling, you weren't were you necessarily thinking beyond modeling, or were you just kind of like, I'm just going to go for this ride and see where it takes me? Yeah, I you know I have the opportunity to either go to college mm-hmm. or or really take modeling to a professional thing. And I gave myself one year to go to Paris and see if I could make it. And I turned it out to be like this high fashion supermodel and stuff. Yeah. Um, I love how you just agree. <laughs> I just turned out to be a supermodel. Yeah, my you hand know? is like going like, yeah. Um, and but I, I studied really hard to mm-hmm. do that, to be successful as a model. I was yeah. like, my mom was like, you study for the SATs, you are going to study to be a model. So mm-hmm. if you go to Paris, you need to learn more than just, you know, they got some croissants. Yeah. And they have have sexy accents. Like, what else can you learn about the fashion industry in France? And I went to the fashion library in Los Angeles mm-hmm. and really studied, studied, studied. Didn't even know there was such thing, a such thing as a fashion library at the yeah. time. So when I went to Paris, I knew to dress like Yves Saint Laurent wanted his models to look on that runway. Mm. So I had some gel and a brush and I would gel my hair back and put that brush through my hair yeah. and with that red lipstick on and then walk and then into that Yves Saint Laurent audition and and look like him and walk like what he wanted me to walk like. And so I booked 25 fashion shows that first season that never been done before. Wow. And it was a, a luck preparation mm-hmm. um, combination. Mm-hmm. But without that prep, I knew I wouldn't have been that successful. Yeah. And so you are teaching a class at Stanford yes. about personal branding. Yeah. So what's a little like Tyraism that you would drop in the class? Uh, different is better than better. Like, you like you oh. know, like one thing about your podcast that attracted me to it was the title. So oh, many thanks. white guys. Yeah. So I <laughs> thought is that's different. Yeah. You know, you didn't just put your name in it. And say, oh, you know, it's so many white guys. And I first I thought I'm going to be at a table full of white guys, <laughs> you know, and then I then I dug deeper and I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this is genius. Oh, you know, it makes you. you think about the title. So you did something that's different, not just better. And so that's one of the top things that at first things that I teach my students. Yeah. So what would you say is something that you did different? My runway walk was different. Yes. I look at it now and I'm like, what the hell was I doing? And how did I not get <laughs> fired so off great. of everything? It's so great. It was over the top. Like I'd be doing <laughs> incline or Calvin Klein swish, swish, swish. It was damn near like Tyreek will banquet. I was like a drag queen on that runway. So you do you do a lot, a lot of shit. Let's just be honest. What's like the favorite your favorite thing that you've done so far in your career? Favorite thing in my career, I think, is what people don't see, which is like Mm. editing, Mm -hmm. like being in a room and having my team 
and we are looking at footage or photos or something and taking a million photos to a best one or taking hours and hours of film mm-hmm. to tighter. That is my favorite thing to edit. Really? Yeah, but the world That's doesn't cool. see me do that. And yeah. I'm like, should I like have a camera follow me and show you guys this boring ass stuff? Uh, but it's, <laughs> I love the product and then the final thing. Yeah. And like, I just love creating. I yeah. love creating something and being like, okay, here's two cups. But if we do this and put some string, that becomes a bra. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I just love creating. Things from yeah. nothing. So, what's been your favorite thing about doing America's Next Top Model? I mean, besides providing you know opportunities for mm-hmm. so many girls to now be working, I think it's it's expanding the definition of beauty, mm-hmm. and that's why I created the show. And I really do think that we have really shifted what people think beautiful is. It used to be this kind of cookie cutter, mm-hmm. but there's young girls that grew up on Top Model that now go, "Whoa, freckles all over your body," or you know, vitiligo, or you know, all these different things are really beautiful. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, have you feel like during the course of doing the show that you've kind of also expanded what you thought was beautiful as well in other people? That's a really good, nobody's ever asked me that. Oh. Ever. (laughs) Um, You know, I think it's pushed me to even push further, to Mm -hmm. use the platform and to go, okay, what else? What else can we uncover? And then also, um, and I talk about this in the book, I have like, two crusades. One is to get these girls ready to model in the real world. And there's certain things and certain parameters that I push the definitions of beauty, but there's certain things that they have to do to kind of like work. And then I have this other side, which is beauty crusader, like screw all the rules. Let's break down the doors. And I remember there was one season and there was one of my girls and she had a a gap, a very large gap, girl from Arkansas. Mm -hmm. And um, I showed- Oh wait, Danielle? Yes, my girl, love her. She's an entrepreneur now, she's killing it. But uh, yeah, and so I showed her pictures because I show the girls pictures off camera to modeling agent friends of mine. So I showed Mm. her pictures and I'm like- what do you think? You know, should we fix it? And they were like, there's no way she's going to work with that. There's just no way. Mm. And I'm like, okay. So I had her fix it on the show and it was very controversial. She still Mm. had some gap. Yeah. Um, But in the back of my mind, I'm like, ugh. But I'm like, but it's my responsibility to get her to work and the agencies are saying that she has to fix it. And I had this revelation while writing the book Mm -hmm. of what I should have done. I should have kept her gap on TV Mm. and then let the agents off camera tell her what she needed to do if she wanted to do that. And then that would have killed two birds with one stone. Yeah. But so that's like all these like hindsight things that I could have done better. So I'm constantly getting better. Well, no, that's great. I mean, it's also kind of part of it is like you have to sort of go through experience to realize, oh, well, I could have done that differently. I could have done that differently. Yeah. Exactly. And then having the courage to say it, you know, mm-hmm. like some people are like, no, everything I do is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> and I look at stuff, I'm like, ooh, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have said that. And yeah. I think that's one that I shouldn't have done. Everybody has like something that is special about them mm-hmm. that makes them like so beautiful. And, and it's crazy because they can't see it. There's something about my eyes. And I don't mean like my physical. I'm mm-hmm. talking about behind my eyes. I have the ability to see it and pull it out and mm-hmm. show her. Unfortunately, I can't have every single woman in my living room yeah. or walk down the street and approach me um, to, to find that. But I tell her to challenge herself mm. and to look in the mirror and just find one thing, just one thing that you think is beautiful or pretty or nice. It could yeah. be your hairline. It could be your eyebrows. It could be your lashes. It could be your lip. It could be that one little freckle next to your mouth. It could be your boobs. It could be your fingernails. It could be your toes. That one thing. And then adorn that and treat it like it is the like a princess, a goddess. Oh. And then slowly find another thing and another thing because they are there. No matter mm-hmm. our body type, no matter our skin color, no matter our hair texture, no matter anything. Like it's there's beauty in 
everybody. And the world tells us, oh, you, you know, back in the day, oh, you mixed, you're not beautiful. Or or, you dark, you're not beautiful. Or you red bone, you don't fit in the family because you too light. You know, there's so Mm -hmm. many different things that people have told us. And when you look in the mirror and you judge yourself against no one, but find it in yourself, I think that is like, there's a lot of power there and people can't take that away. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. That's great. Uh, You just brought red bone. So I'm wondering in terms of modeling was colorism a huge issue when you were you know it's interesting in the mm-hmm. high fashion world back in my day mm-hmm. there was not a colorism thing high high fashion not a colorism mm-hmm. thing there was models of all skin tones i mean mm-hmm. it was me naomi campbell beverly pill karen alexander uh, veronica webb and that's from light to dark mm-hmm. in in those names that i just said However, in the more mainstream girl next door thing, I do think that my skin color and eye color helped mm-hmm. me to be the first in so many things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me being, I wouldn't say super light, but kind of in the middle, I mm-hmm. guess, car- caramel, um, helped me to knock down those barriers. Um, but I had to knock them down. And now I see the other girls like with natural hair and chocolate skin and ebony eyes, like Mm -hmm. doing the thing and getting mass campaigns. And unfortunately, my caramelness, you know, had to be the person to get that door open. And now I do feel it's open and girls are like getting through in a commercial way. High fashion's always been doing it. Yeah. And for a lot of black girls like me, you were like, you and Naomi Campbell, you were like the two black women that we had to like look towards to be like, you guys represent us, like we see ourselves in you. So what mm-hmm. was it like? Do you feel like when you were modeling that you were not that there was responsibility placed on you, but did you feel the sort of like, oh, for a lot of black girls, they are looking to me? Yes, or, okay. I did. Yeah. I felt like. Not so much my fight mm-hmm. was bigger than me. I didn't understand how big it was. Mm. But I knew that the wins were about were bigger than me. Yeah. I knew that when I was on the cover of Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. Iconic. And, <laughs> iconic. And that there had never been a black girl there. Mm-hmm. I knew that young black girls are going to be looking at me and going, wow, more is possible than I ever imagined because I see a version of myself on that cover. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about your book because yes. I think it's great. You you wrote it with your mom. Yes. And it's set as a, a conversation, which I think is so brilliant because, you know, we've seen snippets of you and your mom on TV and there you guys have such a beautiful and wonderful relationship. So what sort of made you guys decide to be like, all right, let's sit down and like talk about our lives and talk about the lessons we learned and sort of like give our wisdom yeah. and perfect is boring. Well, my mom and I have a very unique relationship. Mm-hmm. We're friends, but she's still my mama. So we're yeah. not going to the club. It's yeah. not like that. <laughs> but um, but we do have this thing where we can share anything and there's nothing that's taboo. And people all the time are like, oh, my God, I wish I had that relationship with my mom or even my dad or my son or my daughter. Yeah. I love that you see you guys are friends. So how did you kind of like maintain that? Like, the deep, friendship? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, my mom, you know, she... Her mom was very didn't was not her friend in any by any means. Mm -hmm. And her parenting was like, I'm just not going to tell you Mm. like we're not going to talk about sex. And my mom said that she did not want to raise me that way, Mm. that she didn't want to raise me in the dark. My mom was a teenage mother because she didn't even understand sex and didn't understand what that meant and that you can get pregnant. I mean, this is like in the 60s when Mm -hmm. we didn't have the information and the Internet and all these things that we have today. And so she went like all the way to the other side, which in the end was so helpful to me, made me blush, made me roll my eyes, made me say, what? 
but it also made us bond. Yeah, I love that. And so you're a mom now. Yes. You have a son, two years old. He's two, yeah. yeah. How is that going so far? Yes. Is it? Are you really excited? Is it like everything you, you hoped it was going to be? It's way harder than I thought. Mm-hmm. Um, my son is all-encompassing. There are some days, especially when he was younger, and you go, okay, I'm, one of these is not going to happen. Yeah. A shower, <laughs> um, brushing my teeth, or applying lotion. Yeah. You know? It was you like, always got to apply the lotion. Apply, apply lotion. Yeah. So there, I, I, I was ashy for months because I was just like, he's screaming and he's crying and yeah. I can't put the lotion on. So I brushed my teeth and I showered, but I'm ashy. Yeah. So what ha- did you have to change in your life? Because you, I don't want to say you're a workaholic, but you definitely have your hands yes. in a lot of pots. Very and focused. So now, yeah. yeah. And so what I've done now is I don't work less. I just mm. work smarter. Mm. America's Next Top Model. I wasn't in the accounting room and the finance room and all of that. <laughs> I was in the creative room. Yeah. Constantly, what is the creative to make this pop? And so that's what I'm doing now. So whenever I have team members that are like, okay, let's talk about the financial, but child, y'all FYI me and I will weigh in. <laughs> but I am not focusing there. And my son helped me to realize that. So now I still have time for him you know, and I can put my time at work where it yeah. matters. Okay, I want to ask you one more question before you bring your mom in. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited. So uh, this is about the fashion industry. And there's a lot of Me Too happening right yes. now. Um, and do you feel like it's has permeated the fashion industry in any way? Or? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was very fortunate. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I talk about it all the time. Like, why didn't it happen to me? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I would go to a, what we call go-sees, which are an audition, um, at a photographer's apartment in Paris. Oh, you go to and, the apartment. Oh, yeah. You go wherever. Hotel rooms, apartments, photo wow. studios, everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I'd show my portfolio. He'd say thank you. And I'd leave. Two hours later, a friend of mine would go, and she'd be like, well, he propositioned me, or he showed me this, or he... And I'm like, wow. damn. So it was all around me. Mm. And... It wasn't even something that you felt like you should report. It just was something to just steer clear of. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'd hear it about male models and certain photographers and so much stuff you would hear. And it just was a part of the business. And I'm so happy that now it's being exposed and mm-hmm. that this isn't a part of the business. This isn't normal. So there's all these things that we had to struggle with that girls of today will not have to, or girls of tomorrow will not have to struggle yeah. with, including a hair thing. Yeah. Oh my God, black girls and hair, that's a whole nother thing. I know, right? Yeah, we had to <laughs> yeah. spend so much of our own money mm-hmm. at night. I'd have to pay for my hairdresser to come to my house, wash, condition, blow dry my hair, wrap it at night, wow. get to the studio with my scarf on, whip my scarf off and sit in the chair and say, don't touch me, my hair is done. Yeah. You know, because I was sent home the first time I did Victoria's Secret because my hair looked crazy because the hairdresser didn't know what to do with it. Oh. It took me a year to get back into that Victoria's Secret chair and to get another opportunity and I had wow. my hairdresser come to my house do my hair at night yeah. so but girls now black girls now are like putting it on social media I'm tired I was at this fashion show there's nobody that could do my hair like we didn't have that we mm-hmm. didn't have the voice of social media so yeah. things are changing and they're changing fast yeah I'm so glad you had your mom with you yeah that's so so important really so and much. so good alright should we bring her in yeah come mama. on in here mama bring in the chair oh they need you to put on the headphones did you have those on what am I going to hear in there? Can you hear me? Oh, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looks cute. It does look cute. You look like a pilot. Yeah, stage makeup. <laughs> 
Okay, great. So thank you, Carolyn, for joining us. Um, and so I want to talk about the, I brought this up earlier, the structure of the book, but I want to talk about it with the both of you. So uh, this is like your first book. Yes. So were you a little bit like, oh, gosh, publishing, like this is like a whole new world. Like how is this going to work? Yeah, it was, um, it, sometimes it was very overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I am somewhat long-winded mm-hmm. in my writing and speaking. Mm-hmm. So she I, would tell a story, child. And <laughs> I, I would wake up in the middle of the night and I would go, oh, I remember when we were in Milan. I, I, have, to, I have to record this. And I would get out of bed, write, and get all flowery and have it all ready for her to look at the next day. She would read it. Five pages. (laughs) And I'd be like, Mama, that one sentence is amazing, and we're going to use that. She's like, wait, what? With five pages? She's like, one sentence. (laughs) You took another page out? You took another? I'm like, Mama, that's the art of it. Yeah. What was, like, the craziest moment for you being on the road with Tyra, like, with the modeling stuff? What was, like, the moment where you were like, I got to pinch myself. This is nuts. Oh, gosh. So people coming up to me asking for my autograph in Paris. So Because I, I went so. to Paris really yeah. young. Mm-hmm. And then my agency flew my mom out. And, like, my mom, she gets there and she sees people asking for my autograph. Like, Tira, Tira. And I remember you saying that was it weird. It was crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. And, and she picked me up uh, in a taxi at the airport. And she's speaking French to the taxi driver, giving him directions mm-hmm. on where to go. And I'm like... Wait, wait a minute. I know you had Spanish one, two, and three, <laughs> but now you're speaking French? It's mother, what's going on with my baby? Yeah. It was a time that I will never, ever forget mm. Mm. Uh, because it was both frightening and exciting at the same time. She was so young. She graduated mm. from high school when she was 17 years old and took off to Paris. It was the last thing on earth I wanted her to do. And... The next thing I know, it she had this opportunity, mm-hmm. and I had to step back and and say, baby, when she asked me, mama, what should I do? I mm-hmm. said, baby, it's your life. I want well, you like to make that decision. my mama's asking me, wow. telling yeah. me what to do? Like, yeah. give me the answer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was me. hard, but yeah. we figured we it out. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. That's powerful. Because you know if she would have probably given me the answer, I would have done the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about being told um, that you had to lose weight and yeah. your mom gave you great advice. What was that advice, Carolyn? Ooh, um, her Italian agency called me in, said they needed to talk to me. It was urgent. And um, you're very good with the Italian accent. Do it. <laughs> Do it in that way. Mamma Carolina, your baby Tyra, she's a big grosso, grosso, her butt, uh, you know, she needs to lose her weight or she's not going to do the fashion show. <laughs> I don't know what accent that was, but it was supposed to be Italian. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. <laughs> so anyway, they gave me that sheet. I mm-hmm. sat there. I was kind of dumbfounded. I went back to um, our little uh, apartment in Milan and uh, I sat on the bed, put her head on my lap. And um, read the letter to her. Mm. And she started crying. And she was like, Mama, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Maybe I can just eat lettuce or or exercise really, really, really hard. And, you know, I just, I, I, I don't want to lose everything. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? 
And I sat there, and I thought, and I thought, and I said, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go get some pizza. We're going to go get some pizza, and we're going to sit down, and we're going to come up with a strategy. We're going to figure out what to do. And what you just said is not the answer. Mm. So we went, and you know you have the butcher paper on the table. Mm -hmm. We got an ink pen, and I told her to start writing down. Who I don't want to. You can say it. She said that. I said, your body is changed. Your body has changed because you're grown. You've grown into womanhood. Mm -hmm. It's a good thing. But I want you to tell me what client appreciates your ass. (laughs) And she said, I don't know. I said, No. Tell me what client appreciates your ass. And she said, Victoria's Secret. (laughs) I said, write it down. (laughs) Who else? Sports Sports Illustrated. I guess guess they like ass. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, write it down. And she was like, who has an ass? And I'm like, Cindy Crawford. And so we gave the list to my agency, my modeling agency, who was like, what are you talking about? Tyra's a high fashion model. She needs to lose weight. She's not. There's no black models that do any of this Mm -hmm. stuff. Like they're not. There's some, but they're not like stars. You know, they're kind of in the book for SI, but kind of not really. Tyra's a star. She needs to be a high fashion star and continue. And um, we convinced them to call those clients and cut to me being, you know, the first Victoria's Secret angel that was actually one of the first Victoria's Secret angels and of course the first black one and the first black model to be on the cover of the Victoria's Secret catalog the first black model to have a Victoria's Secret contract and first black model on this Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition oh it's knocking them down left and right Uh, well before we get out of here I want to ask you what you each like the most about the other person Mm. what I love about my mom is her selflessness. Mm. Like she is such a giver. It's a plus and a negative because she gives, 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 but doesn't really take and take care of herself like she should. But that's it's still a beautiful trait. And I will call her at three in the morning, whether I'm 16, 27, or 37, or today. Mm. And it's three in the morning and she answers the phone. I'm like, Ma, were you asleep? And she's like, No, nah, baby, I was just resting my eyes. Aww. Yeah. And I think mine is um, I'm so proud of the fact that Tyra is a role model, Mm -hmm. that she's gone beyond um, this beautiful thing that walked on the runway and took beautiful photographs. It's as if she's taken the focus off of herself Mm -hmm. and turned the, the beam of light onto all of these beautiful young women out there that have communicated with us in every way, shape, and form about how much they appreciate her and what she has presented to them. (laughs) Well, thank you both so much for doing this. I had an amazing time talking today. This is like a dream come true. So thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Woo! Okay, Joni Mitch, I cannot believe I sat in the same room as T-Banks. Totally. As (laughs) T-D-Banks. You know what? She was like everything you want in a celebrity, I think. Yeah, it was so amazing to have her in the studio. It was great to just... you. It's rare that you get to be in a conversation where you're just one-on-one with someone who you've been like seeing for your entire life. It's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. But you know what, guys? You know what else is cool? That this episode's not over. No, it's not. Because as we do every freaking week... 
I'm joined by my bestie from another pair of testes, Alana Clay. Alana Glazer. <laughs> Alana Glazer. Alana Glazer, talking about small acts of resistance. Resist the system. Resist the man. Resist the dominant discourse imposed upon us by the establishment. So this week we are talking about the logical response to man spreading, which is woman spreading. Ooh, checkmate, <laughs> bitch. <laughs> when I get on the subway, I'm wearing a short skirt. <laughs> I'm sitting on the damn bench and I'm opening my damn legs as wide as they go. I'm taking up. I'm putting a knee on either seat next to me on either side. I am fully on board with this plan, but I know that whenever I wear skirts on the subway and then my bare ass is touching oh, that seat, I have that moment of panic. I like that you're overriding that and being like, it's bigger than your bare ass cheek. And it's like, I'm like a little JK, obviously, but I, I really am like, in real life, if a man is spreading, I'm like, excuse me, I'm trying to, I'm trying to sit. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. You know, or I just like slowly gradually shove him back into his allotted space yes. for his seat. Um, women got to take up space. I like want to sort of like lay a titty out on each seat if possible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Kneel over the seats. <laughs> and also just finally to men who spread on the subway, what the fuck are you smuggling in your pants? Honestly, why do you need the room for what? Your dick is not that big. Your balls aren't that big. You have more negative space in your pants than you do cock and balls. So what That's is right. it? What is That's it? That's right. Like if you can show me like a like elephantitis medication prescription, <laughs> I'll let you spread. But if you're a normal human being, you I don't know what I, I honestly I'm like that does seem like annoying. I'm like I don't know what you do, but like lift your balls up and your penis up and then close your legs and yeah, just like my. Vagine needs to breathe, but I'm not like fucking whatever. I'm already exhausted. Just thinking about the <laughs> next time. I'm thinking about me leaving the studio and getting on the train. It's an asshole yeah. man spreading. I'm already I'm yeah. wiped out. The So Many White Guys team includes me, Phoebe Robinson, Rachel Neal, Joanna Solitaroff, Megan Conane, Paula Schumann, Jenny Lawton, Jeremy Bloom, Isaac Jones, Matt Boyton, and Joe Plort. Our theme song was written by a white dude and sung by a bunch of other white dudes. Be sure to check out photos of me and Tyra Banks from our interview on the WNYC Studios Facebook page. You can also follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Dope Queen Beeps. Well, you know what, Joni? What? I know your bra size. What is it? Just kidding. Huh. It's small. <laughs> no, you're you're a 36A? Yes. Oh, I did know it. Ba bam. Which, <laughs> guys, hard to find size. Broad back, small boobs. <laughs> <laughs> did you ever swim? You have a nice back for swimming. <laughs> Do you mean cuz there's like more surface area just for me to float around? No, like, like, an, like no, an otter. Afl- no, no. Af- <laughs> just float around on my back. <laughs> <laughs>